When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Reddit podcast. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We've got plenty to get to today. The Celtics in a bit of a hole. Down 3-1 to the Brooklyn Nets. Jason Tatum has shone, shined, shone brightly throughout the series. Plus the week's Celtics Reddit recap mostly, including all of the Kyrie Irving shenanigans on both sides, mind you. And just very quickly, we are recruiting. We need more people, basically, to join the pod as we're not really able to put out as much content as we'd like. Uh, We'll talk more about that at the end of the show, so stay tuned if you're a budding podcaster slash Celtics fiend. Jackson is here. Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Welcome back, sir. How's it going? Yeah, I'm I'm okay, man. I'm a a little bit fluey, as I think you are too, so it's going to be just the pair of us just our way through this podcast. So in in case uh, the performance hasn't been sickening enough by our team, you you can... (laughs) The non, you get it from us. The non-COVID flu is uh, making its way through the, the East yeah, Coast of Australia. Yeah, COVID-free, I assure you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, on the eve of what might be the Celtics' last game of the season, Jackson, what have we learned about mm. this Celtics team so far throughout this season that maybe we didn't pick up through the regular season? Uh, that we didn't pick I, I guess Tatum's closer to being, like, a, a megastar than I probably realized. Like, we're seeing it against quality opposition in the playoffs, albeit it's kind of hopeless because like, I think it was a foregone conclusion before the playoffs started that we weren't getting anywhere, but the 50 point game to, to get to two, one massive, you know, to, to, to pour on 40 points like he did in this game, you know, and albeit hopelessly was still incredible to see, um, you know, his dud performance probably came. I mean, the first two games to be fair, weren't that great, but yeah, I, based on what I've seen from him so far, he's definitely closer to being that guy. Um, other than that, it's just confirmed a lot of things, confirmed that we don't have enough depth, confirmed that the guys that we do have don't have enough experience or enough know-how to compete at this kind of level. Um, yeah, I think that's all I can really say. It's probably just the Tatum thing. Yeah, the Tatum thing is interesting, and it's it's kind of the, what's sort of toing and froing the most in my mind. And uh, if you're listening to this pod, Joe has just joined the call, so expect his his sweet New Zealand accent to be uh, you know mulling through your ears at any moment now. <laughs> but the the Tatum thing is interesting because we had talked a lot, particularly through the back end of the season, about you know whether or not he could be the guy, a marquee player on a championship team. And uh, a point that Joe has brought up multiple times has been um, you know, that there are multiple 
data points that Tatum has introduced through his his gameplay throughout the the season, and we've seen some pretty acute like, data points. I think in the in the last uh, couple of weeks, starting with his fifty mm. in the in the playing game, didn't play particularly well in Brooklyn against the Nets in game games one or two, and you know you can put that down to that lack of depth that you mentioned there, Jackson, and the fact that we're missing like three of our, our primary starters there, three, three of our actual starters. And yeah. um, game three and game four, Tatum, like I, th- I think those were Tatum's two best games of his entire career. And I think that is a really, really promising way to, uh, to close out the season. And it, I think it, more than anything else that we've seen this year or even last year, and anything with Jalen Brown even, I think that's more cause for optimism than anything else, and I feel like I'm starting to waver on my my take on like whether or not Tatum can be the guy. I feel mm. like uh, it's starting to convince me a little bit. Joe, Joe, yeah. you with us? <laughs> this is the experience, right? Hey, hey guys. Hey, buddy. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> on my accent, I've been accused of being an Australian so many times. I've lost count. You've been hanging out for us for too my, long, mate. Yeah. <laughs> my Kiwi accent, my, I'm, I'm so Kiwi, I'm Australian. Uh, first, so, it's inaudible, the foreigners. They so just can't tell the difference. First Aaron Baines, <laughs> now Joe. You know, who's, who's I know. <laughs> just more thievery. More thievery going on. Um, there's no way you can interpret those two games like negatively. If you score 50, you know, four times in a month or whatever he's done, you know, like clearly... Clearly, you're a top, like, you're, you have a top-end sort of scoring capacity, right? Um, it's, 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 there's a sort of qualitative nature of it that I still maintain is different for him ordinarily. But I, for me, the, the big thing is those trips to the free-throw line. It's, it's about low-variance scoring. Low-variance scoring keeps your team in the game for long periods of time, and it, I guess I, I feel like that ultimately elevates the contributions of role players. Um, I don't think I feel too differently about him um, in the sense that I don't I, like I, I don't think that the current formulation is going to work, you know, for, for us to be a for us to be a contending team. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, you got to tip your hat. The guy scored, the guy scored a lot of points. And that's really hard to do, and it's really hard to find. And when you're factoring your your team building decisions, like that's an enormous, enormous. It's going to be an enormously influential um, piece of information. Sure, mm. but Joe and Jackson, I'm curious to hear your answer to this as well. But does what we've seen from Tatum recently alter your perception of like the the idea that Jason Tatum can be the leading player on a team with the right formula, that he can be the 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 top of that formula, so to speak? I'll let Jackson go first. Um, but, well, oh, okay, I'll be brief. For, for, for me, not really, and I'm not trying to be stubborn about it. Like I can be convinced otherwise. Um, I already knew he could score. You know, um, I need low variance scoring for the entire team. That's free throws. That's generating layups and kick out threes for your teammates. Mm. Yeah, I would. I would say you know. He's the guy for sure. He's the he's basically our only option because who out there is better than him? That's realistically, and that you can get in the same sort of you know ballpark. You're not getting Luca, you know. Although free throws, you know, something better <laughs> that might maybe not so. Maybe can, totally. can help everybody. Totally. Um, but no, I, I think he is. I think this series has been 
probably like the last yeah 23 games i suppose if you really want to like narrow it down has shown what joe said his his scoring capacity is top end and as long as the rest of his game to de- can develop the way that it has developed so far then it's just going to be about the guys that you put around him um and he's not going to be the number two he'll be the number one so if you can get a good number two and a good number three you know whether we have them already or whether we have to trade for them um you know i would be confident going into battle with tatum and a team build around him for sure I think sometimes we frame the question maybe a bit wrong, and, and I've probably been guilty of it, Ben, but like, the question is, how do the Celtics score, right? How do we come with the construction of the Celtics so that they score really with, you know, efficiently with low variance, and they stop teams with a high degree of regularity, you know, consistently? That's the riddle you're trying to solve. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful to have a, have a building block like Tatum in there, and you probably don't want to get rid of that building block, but it's not... It's not fait accompli that you say we can't get somebody better than him, therefore we hang on to him, you know, irrespective. There is possibly other combinations of pieces that fit, fit the puzzle, possibly, but not li- not likely, not likely. He's, he's leading all active playoff players in free throw attempts so far in the admittedly very short postseason. Great. I just, mm. I, you know, we have to and fro on this and I've even heard on, on your side of things, Joe, in terms of you know our 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 future with Tatum, but I, he's really impressed me in the in this series, particularly yeah. the last two games. Um, and I'm I'm because I'm so open to him potentially not being the guy. I'm not necessarily looking for him to to prove to me to be the guy, and yet he's right. kind of done that. And I'm I'm almost surprised by that. I'm really you know this series is not going to end well for the Celtics. Uh, it's probably going to end tomorrow. Let's be honest. But I feel more optimistic than I have at any point throughout this season, just based on what Tatum's shown us. Uh, in the postseason so far, so what Ben's trying to say is that unlike the rest of humanity, he's immune from confirmation bias in this particular instance. Could <laughs> lay out the thought process, you know. <laughs> Let the people know how the mind of a genius works. <laughs> um, have you guys enjoyed this season? That's this season, this series so far. Like, despite being being down three one, have you? You know, I've just mentioned a, a huge sort of point of a pillar of optimism there. Has it been enjoyable to you guys, despite the the obvious? Soon to be demise of the team. Yeah, man. Uh, it's all, yeah, it's, it's all well, relative I'll, to expectations, right? Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, enjoyed game three for like <laughs> fifty points for Jason Tatum in a win. And yesterday, yeah, it was weird. It, it was it was a fun blowout. I didn't think such a thing could exist, but I guess like you know Tatum's probably the reason why, and the fact that you know we didn't end up losing by 45 and you know Naismith had a couple of good moments in the fourth it just kept it kept it light and I think yeah the air of inevitability everyone had more or less accepted you know before the, se- the series had begun so when you find yourself down 26 in the third quarter you're like oh well we'll just you know you just you just let it go you just breathe and you can, you can still see some fun basketball so yeah it was enjoyable for those reasons the last two games anyway that was like the er version of the Nets right like I watched the most of the game, probably the part where they had most of my attention was in the second quarter. And it's like Harden was just parading to the rim, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is just what it's like when you're, when you're playing, when you're up against, you just got a talent overmatch, you know? So you don't, you grade on the curve, you know? So, um, yeah, I thought it was an acceptable effort given that was a really great collection of talent, probably playing at their optimal level. Yep, totally fair. And so sort of as an extension of my my slight pivot on Tatum, are there any late season takes that you guys have had that have been changed by what we've seen in this short series? Series-wise, I I think Neesmith, the Neesmith pick's probably been 
if not vindicated, at least um, at least like nobody's saying, look, Neesmith's not going to make it, you know. Um, uh, I guess, I mean, I'm a Marcus Smart apologist. I always will be. I think he's shown his value. I think, to me, he's a better player than Kemba Walker. And it's because, man, Marcus Smart's going to produce at Marcus Smart levels no matter what the context, right? No matter the circumstance. Kim Walker, not that good. Very disappointing. Not that good, man. Mm. Not that good. Honestly, bit of a waste of money if that's what you're getting for 30 mil. And so do mm. you do you factor in the the sort of the new injury there with Campbell Walker that he's apparently experiencing additional knee, you know, to bone bruise or additional soreness, something that's inhibiting his game even further because he, he was looking quite good towards the end of the regular season. Now, obviously, he's restricted again. Is it a write-off at this point? Is there hope for Kemba? I don't want to get too much into the future for the Celtics because we're going to get to that in, in future podcasts. But, you know, is, uh, are you completely done on Kemba Walker, I guess? I I've have probably a culmination of just what I've not seen. You know, I mean, availability has been an issue. Output has been an issue. In the, in the playoffs, it's been particularly been an issue. So, yeah, no, it, it's probably done for me. I just sort of feel like, like being, would you say, does does the guy have a history of doing it against big time opposition and we'll leave out, you know, Cardiac Kimber and the NCAA tournament or whatever, you know, because that's, that's just a different level of competition. Yeah, no, but he doesn't. Are you convinced he can do it at the top level? No, I was, I was hopeful, you know, when he joined the team, mm. it was all about, okay, you know, I've got this great body of work. Now I'm ready to apply mm. it where it matters. And uh, it just hasn't, hasn't happened. And there's been a lot of variables. We know that, right? There's been a tumultuous few years for, for Celtics fans. And Kemba's kind of been caught up in that. And I, I think a lot of that is not his fault. But, you know, there have been moments this season and, and seasons prior where we have tried to lean on him and he hasn't stood up to that. And uh, that's just, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. I, I really like the guy. And yeah. I think that. You can't undersell the impact that he had on the team's chemistry at a juncture where we needed that impact. We were moving off a really mm-hmm. bad season with two young guys, Tatum and Brown, who uh, were uh, susceptible to be really impacted by you know how rough that season was. And Kemba came in and, and did kind of write the sort of emotional ship there a little bit. Like we, we needed him for that. And to some degree, I think he was worth the money in that sense. Mm. Yeah. But now we're past it was that Kyrie point. Kyrie Irving's replacement, so it was money well spent to get him in that respect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, overall, but not we're, really. we're past that point now, and we kind of need him to be something else. And he's just not not that. It's probably yeah, time yeah. to move on. T- totally. Look, if he's your, if he's honestly, if he's your five million dollar a year backup point guard, that's fine. I got no hate in my heart for the guy, and I totally agree. Look, last year was fun. And he had to be a reason for that, right? He had to be a big reason. Um, but to me, I just, the guy, hey, look, there's, I, I kind of think of, of NBA tiers as like, okay, so you've got guys, there's rookie deal guys that you don't really want to be paying their second contract. And then you've got, you know, like, say, a um, Jason Tatum. The fun max, no issue, right? Um, then you get guys where it's like, oh, okay, I, I'm happy to pay them their rookie deal, but that next max deal, I'm not sure I really want to be going to that level. You know, that would mm-hmm. be that would be like your John Wall type player. Fine mm-hmm. on the rookie extension, but do you really want the next one? And then you get the next tier of guys that you just want to sign 
you know, whenever you can for however long you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ish. And I feel like, yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> get him up here. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think Kimber, Kimber, unfortunately, it's not through a fault of his own. He's just a second, he's not really a third contract guy, you know? And mm. he's just, and, and, yeah. We've got to get used to him. It's, it's going to be hard to trade for, you know, without yeah. giving up value. We've heard the, but, we've um, heard the Bill Simmons takes. Yeah. He's untradeable. He's an albatross, and we can only trade him for the Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Bill Simmons says everybody's – Bill Simmons will be like Bill, – Bill Simmons will be like, is that guy like a top seven untradeable contract in the yeah. league? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's t- it's, but, but then he was like, Tobias Harris, he was like, Tobias Harris is like one of the most untradeable contracts in the league. And then all of a sudden, Tobias Harris has a reasonable season. You yeah. know, like no contract is untra- untradeable. This is, I, I'm a Bill Simmons. Simmons fan, but the hyperbole on untradeable contracts is uh, get, gets to me a little bit. Anyone yeah. can which, be traded. Which Bachelor contestant is Campbell Walker <laughs> in the 2021 season? Uh, <laughs> um, what, what about the game itself? I mean, we've, got, we've got the whole off-season to get to the, the Canberra situation, and there's plenty to get to there, and we will get to it. Um, game four, in particular, uh, capacity crowd in TD Garden. And this, this is kind of me getting back to why this this series has i think it's been enjoyable and this game i think might have been even though we lost the most enjoyable game of the season so far just seeing the td garden crowd back in there we'll get to the water bottle throwing but um jackson you know talk me through that from your perspective that you you tune into a game and suddenly there's this like bellowing celtics crowd and i don't know how, how how was that experience for you yeah, the first quarter was the best basketball experience I've had in about yeah, a year and a half or thereabouts. No no coincidence at all that it was, you know, with the crowd, obviously, you know, which played really well in the first quarter as well, too. So you just felt like it was on. Um, and it's remarkable how much you miss the crowd ambience. It's the same with like a lot of soccer that I watch as well. You know, they're finally starting to get like reasonable sized crowds back. And it's like the level just goes up as a spectator so much more when it's there. So you add all the Kyrie Irving stuff to it and the fact that we were coming off a win and it just felt like there might be something in the air there. Yeah, it really came through. And like I, was, I, had, the, I had the day off work sick. So I was watching it for, and it was the best thing that's happened to me in a while too. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I tried to like Peyton Pritchard hit a really long three and it went, yeah! and it just absolutely felt like I got stabbed in the throat. That's how you get that flam up. (laughs) Yeah. Cheering for your team. So it was... Yeah, it was absolutely supreme, supremely enjoyable in that respect. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. It's impossible to fake the sense of occasion a real crowd brings. Mm. You know, there's a dynamic to the way the crowd reacts to things happening. As a fan, you understand why it is that there and that the piped-in noise can never can never ever replicate it and and just visually the sight of fans real fans in the stands is also just under underscores you know that what you're watching is something culturally important right and um yeah we've missed it it was it, it is great it is great it is absolutely and and to be honest it's irreplaceable and it the nba like- is just not the, it's not the nba without the fans it just isn't yeah, absolutely. And it looks like uh, it's very early days and obviously we're not scientists, but people are being vaccinated. People Speak are being... for yourself. <laughs> Scientist Joe over here. <laughs> people are being let back into all these arenas en masse, sitting very, very close to one another, very potential super spreading events. And yet we've got this confidence in the in the vaccine there. And it uh, looks like it's all 
you know, going back to normal there in the in the states to some degree there, at least as far as sports uh, spectatorship is concerned. So that's that's very hopeful for next year. Uh, unfortunately, this crowd had to witness <laughs> the second quarter Brad Stevens rotations, where we saw the likes of Shami <laughs> Ojale, Grant Williams, Jabari Parker, and Co. Sharing the court at once in a playoff game against one of the best super teams the world has ever seen. Uh, that's kind of where the game was lost. Not to get too, you know, caught in the reeds of this game. We, we, we know why we lost. Like, they're a superior team to us and we're very injured. But um, I feel like that was a point where you could see it happening before it happened. And then it happened. Uh, and then, you know, we talk about expectations and how it does yield an enjoyable aspect of the game. And like once that moment came and went, it was all just about Tatum sort of dominating despite having like some of the most hardcore defense thrown at him that he's ever seen. So all in all, an enjoyable experience. The crowd held on to the end, possibly a little too long there, um, which, which again, we'll get to. But um, I'm just so thankful that despite what this season has been like from a fan perspective, that perhaps if that's where it ends, like it ended, it ended there. It was fun. It was good to see. It was good to end it up in that, in that set. Um, are there any aspects to this game or the series that you guys want to get to before we move on to the, the Kyrie stuff? Any missed points? Yeah, let's, uh, I want to see it in game six. You know, come on, the bloody Celtics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have any chances give there? Give them hell. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course we do. Amazing. We're showing up. Yeah. You know, look if, it's a, look, if it's a close game, anything can happen. And yeah. you know that I think there would be a massive success if we can force them to, to a six game. That would be that would be a really good. It would be it would be you know salvaging salvaging some dignity from the season. Yeah, I would love to see it as well. But I think you go behind like thirteen points, and they're all just going to clock off instantly. I think it's been probably one of the hardest seasons I've ever had. They know they're outmatched. Then they know what they're up against. I think as soon as the, the, the that that flame that flicker of light gets too small, it's just it's just done. So if it's a fifteen point deficit any stage of the first quarter, you, no point watching. But but Jackson, <laughs> there was an exactly fifteen point deficit in the first quarter of of game one. Like it can happen, man. Yeah, it can absolutely happen. can. Look, there, absolutely there, can. It, 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 point taken. You know, there is this inevitability to that when that machine starts cranking. You're just like, oh. It's yeah. so hard, you know, and and you know the team knows that, and 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 it'll affect their mentality when they play. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean we can't. Oh no, win. man! I watched every second of the Spurs game, man. Hundred percent. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to hang on the Tatum point too much, but like if he does rock up to to game five here and drop forty eight, you know, ten and seven in a Celtics win, is that is that the turning point to like? Yes, he's the guy. Like, trade everyone. Let's build around this guy. He he's going to lead us to the promised land, or is is that is not doing it for you? Oh. It's another data point. It's another data yeah. point. significant data point. Yep, hypothetical. Significant. <laughs> yep, oh, significant hypothetical data point. Yep, but <laughs> you've also got to yeah, you got to you got to add in the counter data points. Sure, you know, game one or two. You know? Sure, I'm just trying to make an acronym <laughs> out of it. S H D P. No, sorry, should <laughs> <laughs> We've got a whole off season to work on that stuff, Jackson. Um, <laughs> oh, the data sec, the data player. That's what we need to recruit: data analysts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, data analysts. Yeah, and an acronym expert. Um, and, yeah. yeah, 
I only, I, have, got that job. <laughs> I, I only have one missed point, and that was that it was surreal to see Neesmith and Pritchard play in front of a full TD Garden crowd. I, I heard on uh, another podcast, I forget which one, that the average crowd capacity they played in front of in college was about 8,000, and obviously that was sort of diminishing as, as COVID progressed. To see them play in front of this crowd, to see the crowd reacting to those guys that we've sort of been like armchair reacting to all season, Again, like just in terms of wrapping up a crazy season, I thought that just was kind of a nice bow on things. What do you guys think of that? Mm. They, I they did thought look, of it. No, neither did I. They looked really up for it when they came out, so I don't think the crowd bothered them, to be fair. Honest. In fact, I think it probably added to them, so sure. that's a good sign, I guess. <laughs> I feel like Neesmith, you know, like he... Um he is it's like photosynthesis, man. You know, like he's like converting that crowd energy. Into, we are the uh, sun. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I think I don't think it's going to hurt him. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, man, that's crazy. I guess you could add almost Langford into the mix there since he oh, yeah. didn't really play last year. Yeah. Um, cool to see Langford hitting a couple of jump shots. I'm not sure if that's real. Um, I need to see 40 games of that before I believe it's real. But, a few more data yeah. points. Need a few more data points. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if we've got no more, uh, if we've got no more missed points to get to, we can we can move on to the the Kyrie stuff and uh, and make this the the short podcast that we need it to be. Jackson and I are both sick. If you can't hear it in our voices, it's what the, it's what the people came just, for, man. Yeah, it's what the yeah. people came just, for. This is so late to the party. You can edit this out, Ben, if you want. But like, we're we talking about Aaron Naismith photo Naismithesis. <laughs> Photo, you know, go, go on, Jackson. No, go no, no, on. don't bother. Don't I, bother. I, it just, I, <laughs> I was trying to formulate it, it, it and say it, but it just wouldn't come out <laughs> until just then. So I felt I need to interject. My bad, guys. It, it's not going <laughs> to stick, unfortunately, Jackson. But that's some good content. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I've been guys. I've been trying to work in the the Neesmith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame for the last six months, but he hasn't he hasn't shown us any reason to, no, to introduce no. that. Uh, it's taken us way too long to get to some Reddit stuff here. I should have said this up the top, but Brady three three one said they never said it would be easy. Celtics in seven. So some optimism there as we move on. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. And just quickly, user Sandwich J wrote. Can't ask for more from the team stepping up when they are missing three of our top five players, Jalen Brown, Kemba, Time Lord. Seeing Tatum blossom along with Romeo and Neesmith is all I wanted from this series, and we've gotten it. Even Grant Williams has shown promise as a small ball center. The Nets are in for a rude awakening against the Bucks if they are scraping by against the banged-up Celtics. I have a feeling uh, they're going to get absolutely smashed. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily share that sentiment, Sandwich Jay. I, I feel like yeah. it's going to be a pretty competitive series, and that's a, mm. a pretty serious, and I do feel like they're, they're taking the piss at some points through some of these yeah. games, and we throw these uh, sort of Shemi Ojale-based lineups at them. So uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the rest of the playoffs. I think it's going to be super competitive. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you cherry picked those comments, Ben, but like I they do. all seem rather positive. <laughs> they, they all seem <laughs> very much so. No, random, <laughs> sure. random generator. Yeah, yeah. by controversial. I've written a screen scraping yeah. uh, script that just goes through. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they all seem, they all seem very positive, which has been a bit refreshing of how the season's gone so far. You know, nice and unanimous, and yeah, it's all good. Rather it's, than it's like we've, it's civil like we've, war we, and burn it all down. <laughs> I feel like as as fans, we kind of have collectively understood this season's mortality, and we're sort of in that. Um, you know, we're in that. We're like the Conair as fans. <laughs> Conair. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can't see that, people, but I just imagined myself being yeah. Nicolas Cage. No, what I was going to say is sort of like we're sort of almost like in that retirement home stage where we've accepted our fate. Yeah. <laughs> and if the grandkids come to visit, that's that's awesome. You know, so- we don't really mind crap in our pants either. It's just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the stage. How do you guys feel about Kyrie Irving after this series? Have your feelings changed mm. at all? Where do you sit on the the butt hurt scale? You know, I was thinking about it, and I think I can pinpoint the exact moment it went wrong for Kyrie Irving. Well, actually, it's a really long story, so I won't bore you with it. But do you remember how he didn't come to Game 7 in the East Finals? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I reckon it's because he thought either we win, which is great, but then all of a sudden all the attention is on these young guys who were going to be traded away for, for, for um, AD with me and Gordon. Now Gordon's out. It's going to be realizing accepting his fate. It's, it's not his team anymore or at least in his mind thinking that, or if they lose and he has to see LeBron face-to-face and be like, oh, that sucks. So I reckon that's the moment he kind of is like starts to have this thing, like it's not my team anymore. The AD thing doesn't happen. And then to get out of going back on his promise because he was so sure it was going to happen, he just starts acting real moody and angry like a teenager because, and then just sort of like sulked his way out of Boston. So... To answer your question, Ben, <laughs> it's just confirmed to me that he's just a really emotionally immature, like, just person. I don't think he's a bad dude. Um, he's a fantastic basketball player. Like, everyone knows that. But he's just emotionally just so immature and just yeah, just like a teenager, really. Yeah, but you have higher expectations of non-teenagers. <laughs> yeah. That's the trouble, right? Um, I think... It's it's, I think it's you know it's a good idea not to, to, it's a good idea not to go overboard you know and and like it was so annoying I was just like oh come on with the water bottle thing yeah right? yeah like, oh, it ruined everything it ruined an otherwise ruined enjoyable everything. game yeah yeah mm. yeah that sucks man like like you know I think we all draw the line there I don't even like love the F Kyrie, um chance personally. Um, like I just think that's a for me. Just despite my um my growing reputation as the negative co-host of the Celtics Reddit podcast, like that's just it's just a bit negative, you know. Like we don't really need that in the world. But what I would say is like Kyrie Irving. This is what I've come to with him. The guy is just dishonorable, you know. Like and I, and maybe that's like kind of kind of a bit of an anachronism. But that's just how I feel. Like, there's nothing heroic about Kyrie Irving. It just isn't. He's just really talented at basketball, and um, has absolutely nothing in his character that I aspire to other than that. And that sucks because you want your you want the best players on your favorite team to be heroes, and he's just not. But it makes him a good villain. Makes him a great villain. Yeah. And- and mm-hmm. keeping with the positive takeaways from this series, like, what a, what a villain to go against. And, yeah, he got this <laughs> yeah. one. He came into game four in a packed TD Garden with 17,000 fans chanting, fuck Kyrie, probably among other things. And he scored whatever it was, 39 points, stepped on the leprechaun after the game. He, uh-huh. he, you know, he won the game. He, play, he played very well. He came into a hostile environment, and he, he kind of dominated. And that's, he has to be credited for that. As much as that's difficult to, to give the guy kudos for that, like he he oh, came yeah, in and yeah. played well, and it was mm. kind of awesome. Just how like you know in a Batman movie or whatever, like 
the Joker has gets his sort of he gets his his he has his little minor victories early in the in the movie, right? And it just builds mm. the disdain for that character, which makes the ultimate inevitable Batman victory more satisfying. Clearly, didn't prepare that analogy before the podcast. But you know, you know, what I'm it's saying? more like the part where he injects himself with the ooze and grows like three extra like arms and heads, and then we get decimated. It happens about a third of the way through. We'll get him back. Exactly. Like stepping on the stepping on the logo is just like begging for memes to be made about you in like two years' time when we knock him out of the playoffs. Yeah. It's a chapter. You know what I mean? It's, it's a chapter. It's just gonna, yeah, it's a chapter. And again, I I, don't, I can't hate the guy too much because I just don't think there's any genuine animosity there. I think it's all just kind of created into his mind because. He's just he's just like that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was more fun and more enjoyable than it was annoying or negative. And totally. because of those yeah. low expectations, you know, like anything could have happened, including Kyrie Irving, our ultimate villain. You know, he dogged the franchise. He dogged the Celtics. He came back, st- you know, stomped on the logo or whatever, and he scored a bunch of points and he won a play- playoff game with us. But, you know, he did so with Kevin Durant and James Harden there and all of his prior successes came with playing along LeBron yeah. James. So, I don't and know. And he that- sucked in the last game. He was shit in game three. So, yeah. it's like... Yeah. Yeah. We had a little moment there. You know, Tatum scored 50. Kyrie Irving sucked. Like, it's... Yeah. There's been a bit of toe and fro in this in this series. So, it's it's been fun. I don't I don't hate the guy. Um, if anything, yeah. it's, it's helped me sort of move on a little bit in a weird way. Mm. It's like he's... um. Another phrase that kept going around in my head is crazy ex-girlfriend. There's oh, yeah. massive crazy ex-girlfriend vibes with Kyrie Irving where you're like, <laughs> she was hot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes. I don't really want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was fun while it lasted, but uh, I've moved on. I'm looking for something a little bit more long-term. Yeah. 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 Uh, user Spike Glazebrook wrote, I've always wanted to just never mention Kyrie again and just move on. I will say this, though, for a man that wanted to keep things strictly to basketball, he's not doing it very well, um, which I think is a good point. I, how, do, how do you guys feel about the stumping on the logo? Let's be honest, because it is a bit of a divisive subject and a lot of people are very annoyed about it. Um, what, do you, what do you think, Jackson? Um, it felt like a little bit of a personal attack when you see it as like a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to it, but you know, you put it into context, you know, it's, it doesn't really bother me that much. It, it warmed my heart that, that KG came on and defended, like was talking about lucky, like he was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that was, that was, that was amazing. And like, no one's, I, I don't think the guy, not to bring it back to the water bottle, unfortunate, but like, I don't think the guy saw that and got motivated. I think he was planning on doing it the whole time. Um, so I don't think it inspired any hostility. Um, it certainly has now, like everyone's seen it as like another reason to, to hate on the guy. But um, I mean, I just, whatever. I, I, if, I, if I saw like, if that was the, the, the Knicks Hawk series and like someone was spitting on the logo, I'd be like, like yeah, ready yeah, to watch yeah. that. So <laughs> you have to understand it's, it's theater, right? It is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good word to put to it. Like, it's useful. It's a useful, dramatic sort of, I guess, plot point. Mm. <laughs> Him stopping, stopping on the logo. And, and it is all, it's all just theatrics. But that's the thing, right? That's the thing with them. It is all theatrics. It's like, oh, I'm going to sign here for two years. And, and the mistake we made was taking the theatrical literally, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't get sucked so- in. He's, but he's just a quaint drama queen, you know. 
another Reddit user, Poke King Curtis, Poke King Curtis wrote, is the KG post on Instagram just automatic Instagram or whatever formatting? Because that formatting is hilariously <laughs> bad. <laughs> Even though the message makes my heart set fire and get super hyped, I would watch a TV series with Taco trying to teach KG and Pierce how to use computers. <laughs> uh, um, continue, just quickly continue on the, on the Reddit stuff very quickly on a, on a more serious note. A Reddit user, Lamau K posted uh psa we can absolutely call out Kyrie for deflecting reasons why he would genuinely get booed and also admit that the fact that there is a system systematic systemic rather race issue in boston both things can be true at the same time which um i only sounds wanted to, about right to me yeah i only wanted to add to this because the theme of this podcast has been like positives to take away from you know ultimately a, a, a sea of negatives and if this can lead to you know um the Celtics, the NBA, and their fans, etc., sort of addressing more of a systemic issue here of, of racism or whatnot. I think that that will ultimately be a good thing, and so maybe this isn't such a bad thing after all, as, a, as sort of frustrating as it was at the time for for Kyrie sort of to deflect it in this direction. I think ultimately could have a, a positive outcome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I've given you guys <laughs> nothing there. I mean, but- yeah, but but you know, like I also feel a little bit like, um. Look, Boston is reputed to have race issues, so I like. But I've never spent time there. Like, I don't understand it in the same way that I understand, say, the race issues in New Zealand. You know, and I don't know how keen I would be. I'm, I don't know how keen I would be somebody from, say, America wading into, say, New Zealand race issues. You know, and equally so, I feel a little bit, a little bit hesitant about wading into, say, Boston race issues that I that I don't know anything about, but um there's likely to be some, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but but that that's probably my only caveat on that and that's that's me doing the whole hey <laughs> maybe it's me playing my Steve Kerr card or my LeBron James card, you know, like um like I don't know what specific because I've never experienced systemic racism in Boston. I don't know what specific specific things there are there, but I take it as read that there are that, you know, that that it is a factor. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to speak. Yeah, it's hard to speak on it being an outsider or anything like that. So all I have to gravitate towards to is what seems like the most reasonable take, and the reasonable yeah, take yeah. seems to be it's a little bit of column A, it's a little bit of column B. There's a bigger picture to it. Do with it what you will. So whoa, think- Jackson, that was great. That was a really great way to formulate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, not all like babble sometimes. Cheers. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it stimulates some productive conversation that actually goes somewhere in terms of what's happening in, in that community. Um, I don't have anything else to add to this. I think we're, we're going to leave sort of what does this mean for the future conversation for a future podcast? Is there anything you guys wanted mm-hmm. to touch on? Predictions for the game tomorrow? Any other findings from the last few games before we before we wrap this up? Seltzen sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we'll. I guess we'll. You know, there's there's no, literally nothing left to lose now. It's win or go home. So you know that we might see a different side of them now. I doubt it. I think Tatum will still show up if everyone else can show up as well and make it close and competitive. Then then shit, yeah, I'll, I'll be up for that. All right. Well, look, we mentioned right at the top there on the recruiting aspect. We have kind of gotten to a point where we don't always have time to put put out a new podcast as often as we'd like. So we are officially recruiting new podcasters to join the team. I think what we want is at least one host and two co-hosts so that we have enough folks to sort of keep pumping out pods despite our wavering availability between the three of us. 
We have this platform now that we've worked hard to build where we can invite people like Abby Chin and Steve Bullpet on and they accept. And so we don't really want to give this up. So quite the opposite, really, where we actually want to expand on it and grow it. So if you're interested in being involved, send us a message on Reddit or Twitter or whatever you're comfortable with there. And let's talk about it because we're keen to get some more people involved. Let's wrap it up there, guys. Game five tomorrow. We'll be back after the Celtics win that one, hopefully. Jackson, Joe, love mm-hmm. your work, guys. Thanks again. Yeah, looking Thanks, forward dudes. to... Um, Looking forward to getting some people that we can, can put on two ways for the Celtics podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the main Celtics. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.